In the first episode of the OTP podcast, we shared a few concepts that may be keeping you from starting your OT business. Today, we are going to do a deep dive into one of those ideas, fear. Stay tuned as we talk about why you might be fearful of getting started and provide some tips for getting over that fear. Are you thinking about starting an occupational therapy business but don't even know where to begin? Whether you're starting something on the side or going full-time in your business, the OTpreneur podcast is what you need. This show will help you get in the right mindset and give you actionable tips to go from just an idea to OTpreneur. Let's go. I'm Jason Davies, and joining me today is my co-host, full-time OTpreneur, full-time mama of two under two, Sarah Putt. Hey, Jason. Happy to be here. So happy to have you. I'm excited. We're jumping in to talk all about fear. But before we do that, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone listening in. And if you are enjoying the show, we would love for you to just leave us a quick review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening, and include a little bit about you and how the OTP podcast has helped you on your OTpreneur journey so far. And with that, let's embrace the fear of entrepreneurship. Let's do it. You ready? So ready. All right, Sarah. Well, I'll let you start us off. What is one thing that what is one thing that an OTpreneur that is just getting started with OT business might fear? I'm gonna be real honest here. Being a big failure. And I'm gonna kind of put that in air quotes because I think being I think failing can mean different things to different people depending on what your goals are, what idea, what your idea is, anything really that you have kind of defined in your business. And I know for me, when I got the original idea to start my own private practice and kind of build this business, that when the fear hit me, it was that, what if I fail? What if I am a failure? And that that hit pretty hard, I'd have to say. Yeah, I had the same types of fear. You know, a lot of us, I'm assuming you were too, right? We were working a full-time job. And so we were doing this nights and weekends, and it was taking time away from our time with our loved ones, with our our other significant partner, right? And even that is a little bit of a fear because I know sometimes starting a business can kind of lead to this animosity of a little animosity between you and a partner. If you do have a partner, I think sometimes because you're spending so much time with the business and right. Like (laughs) the business is becoming your significant partner. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it, it, it honestly, depending on how much time you really are investing and, and really we are spending a lot of time and energy when we're first starting something, it can be another full-time job on top of potentially another full-time job. If you're taking care of kids, potentially caregiving for other family members or anything like that, it it definitely adds a lot more to our plates. That's not just being an employee of a company and, you know, our kind of traditional job. So quick question then, when you were getting started, what did you define as failing? Like what had, what, I know you didn't fail, but what would have <laughs> been a failure for you? Gosh, um, <laughs> like literally everything's like floating through my brain right now. I think I'm going to say this is kind of this is both. This is both like my biggest failure, but it's also what helped me push past if, if, if that's going to make any sense. But really, I, I had to I had to sit down. And the first thing I had to do is really figure out what it was that I was afraid of failing and what why why I was so afraid of, of putting myself out 
putting myself out there and failing. And I think it would have been just not having anybody care, not not being able to do what it was that I wanted to set out to do. And like we've kind of mentioned in in previous episodes, I started my own private practice in early intervention. And I think that if I was not able to do that and had to either switch to a different practice setting or switch my idea around back then, I think that would have been my idea of failure. And especially like potentially like running out of money or not making any money. It was all kind of these things that when you have a quote unquote traditional job and steady income, you don't really think about. And then all of a sudden when you're like, well, I'm not sure if I'm going to get paid. Okay. That, that could definitely be a big sense of failure there. And I really do think that I had to kind of reframe my mindset around failure and allow that to kind of push me forward. And so. Mm-hmm. Even though I was like, oh my gosh, what if I, what if I can't do this? What if I can't start my private practice? And what if it just doesn't work out? And what if I can't help people? And what if I can't make money? What I, what I ultimately had to do is sit down and say, that's, that's okay. I can go back right now. I can go back and get another job. So it was kind of, it kind of helped me another, you know, another OT job, something that I was doing already. I could just go find the employee job. I didn't want to do that, but I was like, if I need to, and if I fail, quote unquote, if I fail, I can go back and do that. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us, especially if we're practicing within our first 10 years or so out of college, you know, we've got student debt, we've got potentially a house payment, you know, if you're in a little bit in that that range that has decided to buy a house, uh, maybe you have a kid, as you mentioned, and family that, that you are providing for to some extent, you know, that, that that to me is what the biggest fear was, right? Like, not having the ability to continue, I guess, to say, like, kind of have the life that we were living Mm -hmm. at that time, right? I didn't need to win and get to, like, some luxurious, I'm going to go buy a mansion, right? But I didn't want to have to go backwards. I didn't want the net worth of myself and my family to go down, I guess is a a way to put it. And Mm -hmm. so, that was a big big fear for me as well. And so, reframing that mindset, you know, a lot of people will say, well, you know, don't worry about the fear of not making it. Worry about the fear of what happens if you do make it. What happens if everything goes great? Yep. Um, how did you reframe some of those fears that you had? It was exactly that. I had to figure out and realize realize the potential of what I could do. Now, if I, I have this idea, I have this passion, I have this drive that I wanted to start a private practice. But if I never acted on it, I would have never known the capacity, the potential that I had in order to do that. And so I think in sitting with that and being like, okay, what is my what what does it mean to fail? How can I reframe that? And then how can I basically overcome that and be like, hey, I don't want that to happen. If it does, no big deal. I'll figure something else out. But then the other thing to mention too is as you are starting building a business and running a business, you are learning all these other skills, which at the time, I don't think I really paid that much like close attention to. So not only if I had failed, right, hypothetically, if I had failed and had to go back and get another job, now all of a sudden I had all these other skills that I had learned and I was a completely different person. But fortunately, didn't have to go back and get another traditional employee job and I didn't fail. But I think it really is important to sit with, and we talked about this before, sit with that discomfort, sit with like, what would it mean to fail? And then how can you reframe that in moving forward and figuring out 
maybe it's not necessarily a failure. It's it's a learning process. It's a learning opportunity. And embrace that unless you start, you're never going to know what you can do. And you talk about learning. And that's another fear that I know I had was that I knew occupational therapy. I really knew school-based occupational therapy, but I didn't know anything about the technology side of it. I didn't know what it meant to use social media. I didn't know what it meant to write an email. Heck, I didn't even know how to send an email to more than one person at a time, you know? And those are things that I I needed to learn, but I think something that I got caught up with and this really led me from from getting started, prevented me from getting started, was that I felt like I needed to know everything. I had a fear of not knowing everything about how to run an online business before getting started. And so that was almost a form of procrastination for me because I felt like I can't start a podcast until I have the best mic, the best computer, the best technical audio support, the best (laughs) editor, all that good stuff, right? I couldn't start a blog until I had taken three copywriting courses. I couldn't like, those were just kind of exaggerated fears that I had that prevented me from getting started a little bit further. Do you have any kind of story relatable to that? Oh, I, I mean, I'm like just shaking my head over here because I'm like, yeah, I totally went through all of that. And where I, you know, and, and we talked in another episode about how I felt like I needed to go get an MBA and I needed to get some sort of like official business schooling degree behind my name in order to be a successful entrepreneur. And so it's, I, I think it's our own kind of like self doubt or maybe limiting beliefs of like, if we don't know, we can't do it instead of just like, okay, I I don't know anything about this. Let me dabble. Let me familiarize myself enough and then just take action. When you're starting something, that first step is so important. The beginning three, five, 10 steps are so important. And every time you start something, you're you're kind of a newbie at it. And it's one of those things that like, (laughs) looking back, you're going to be like, oh, that probably wasn't the best, but that's what I needed to do in order to get where I am today. Yeah. And you know, when I when I looked back at how I kind of overcame this, I started to realize that I stopped thinking 20 steps ahead. I stopped thinking even 10 steps ahead. And I started to pare back my thinking to what do I need now? And there's actually a concept for this. It's called just-in-time learning. And I kind of wanted to share a little bit about it because it's it's just that, right? Like you learn what you need right now. You don't worry about all the other things that maybe you'll need one day. And so I, I looked it up on Wikipedia. You know, don't I may not have the exact right way that this came about, but it actually came from Toyota. Toyota was sick of them having a bunch of parts all over their factories. And so they implemented just-in-time shipping so that parts got to the factory the day or just a few days before it needed to go on a car, as opposed to it sitting in their factory floor for a month before it needed to be used. Well, you know, a few iterations later, and we now have just-in-time learning. And that's exactly that, that we only learn what we need right now. And so an example of this, right, like if you want to start a podcast today, you only need a few things. You just need a microphone. You need to learn a little bit of editing. You need to learn what Buzzsprout is or a few other hosts that you might be able to use, how to connect that to Apple Apple Podcasts. That's about it. However, your mind might kind of get shiny object syndrome and you might start thinking about sponsorships and you might start thinking about how you're going to build a product to go with that podcast. But those are things that won't matter at all unless you get the podcast started. 
And so you just want to start with those few first things to get started. You can you can worry about the sponsorships once you got, you know, maybe a hundred listeners on every episode. But for now, you just got to learn what you need to learn to get started. So fun fact about when I started my podcast, my solo podcast, I had some just super cheap mic. And actually, I still have the same headphones. Haven't haven't uh, upgraded there. <laughs> but I had this super cheap mic because I knew nothing about microphones. But I was like, I know I need a mic. So I'm just going to go out. I think it was like $20 or something back then and grabbed it. And if if you're curious, if you go back and listen to the first few episodes of the O2 for Life podcast, you can probably hear a difference in my audio. But what happened is I'm like, I need a mic. Okay, great. I don't want to spend a lot of money. Not sure if this podcasting thing's going to stick. Let me get one. And I want to say it was somewhere between 10 and 15 episodes in. I can't remember exactly. That's when I'm like, hmm audio. Okay, my audio quality is not great. Let me do a little bit more research. I'm I'm really digging this podcasting thing. And that's actually when I bought my ATR 2100. And that's what I still use today. So just because you start in one place doesn't mean that you can't change it. You can't learn. But I think the, 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 the big point here to highlight is don't let it keep you from starting. Just do it. <laughs> you can always change. You can always reiterate. You can always kind of do something different down the line if you're a little unsure about it. I took away from that. If you're going to start a podcast, get an ATR 2100 because <laughs> apparently we both use an ATR 2100. But <laughs> no, but I in should, all honesty. <laughs> I, I need to add though. This, okay. So the, if you are looking about getting mics, uh, the 2100, the ATR 2100 is, it's an outdated model. So the new one is a 2100X um, and there actually even might be an, a newer model since the last time I did a little research into it. So if you're looking, I just had to say that. <laughs> it's going to be the 2100 XY, okay? Yeah, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> all right. So we talked a little bit about uh, overcoming that idea that you need to know everything. We talked a little bit about, you know, the fear of being a big failure. You know, fear, failure, they kind of go hand in hand. But there's a few other things that we also want to talk about today that you might be experiencing as as it relates to fear and not getting started. And I think this is a big one for occupational therapy practitioners, especially because, and what I'm talking about is the feeling that we're not good enough. I say that because I have met OT practitioners of one year. I met OT practitioners of 20 years that even within their own realm of occupational therapy, they don't feel they're good enough. And then add on top of that, the idea of trying to start a business, it just compounds that fear. And so, Sarah, I want to let you kind of just elaborate on, we've talked about imposter syndrome a little bit on the podcast, but I, I think maybe we should talk about the getting over of this one a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, I do think that this will hit home with a lot of people listening. At least I know for me, even still to this day, starting out and even still to this day, there are times that I'm like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I... I'm not good enough, right? That that impos the imposter monster that likes to rear its ugly head when we need it least, right? And the the biggest thing that has that's worked for me, it might not work for everybody, but it literally is just doing. It's getting out there. It's putting yourself out there because, and I kind of said this earlier in the podcast, you'll never know that potential if you don't put yourself out there. And I think a lot of times it's so easy for us to just spin our wheels, get stuck in our head and get stuck in these negative energy cycles of all these different things of like, oh, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. And yada, yada, right? All of that. We're just going to, we're going to shove that to the side. But 
the second that you put it out there, even if it's not perfect, even if it's not what how you deem it to be perfect, you might have somebody be like, oh my gosh, this is exactly what I've been looking for. This is exactly what I needed. This is exactly what I needed to hear in that moment, whatever it is. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, if I wouldn't have said anything, if I wouldn't have put myself out there, if I wouldn't have started that business, I, I could not have helped change, potentially change somebody's life, change somebody's journey. And that's that's huge. And you'll never know that if you just sit on your idea. I'm calling everybody out that's just sitting on their ideas right now. <laughs> no, I totally agree. In fact, we have a whole episode coming up soon that I think kind of will help people who are feeling that way, that they're afraid to put themselves up th- out there. And it's all about validating your idea. And I think that that is also a solution to this fear of I'm not good enough or fear of people not caring about what I have to offer. Because, you know, like you said, we don't know what people are going to accept if we don't put it out there. And when we validate our idea, that can be the most important process to get over that fear. Because as soon as we hear one person say, I like that idea. Or as soon as we hear one person say, I'd be willing to pay for that course, or I'd be willing to pay for that service, those fears just start to melt away, Mm -hmm. right? Like, do you remember the first time you heard someone, like, maybe even just say, yeah, yeah, I I would, or maybe it's your first client. Like, yeah, come on over Tuesday at four o'clock. Let's do a service together. So, a quick story. I remember my very first private pay client. Now this is this was you know not early intervention. This was my first private client that I ever got to work with and they handed me the check. I mean that kind of dates us right here. I'm just, check. Do, do people even check <laughs> anymore? Uh, you know. But they handed me the check and I like walked out the door because I was providing the services in their house and I walked out the door and I got in my car and I like, I can still remember that drive home. And it, it felt like a, I was driving from Santa Monica to Hermosa beach in California. If you know the drive, it is quite long. And it was also like during traffic hours, but besides the point, it felt like an eternity because I was so excited that I finally felt like I was getting paid my worth at that moment. And I had that piece. I, I honestly, I should have like checked it kept that check and like framed it and been like, this is that first one. <laughs> Cause I was, I was so proud. I, I had done it. Right. And again, I wouldn't have known that I could do that if I didn't put myself out there, but that was a special moment. Definitely on my OTpreneur journey. Same thing. And, and we're going to dive more into this actually in our next episode, a little teaser there. We're going to talk all about validating, but I remember some of the steps that we took in, you know, validation isn't something that goes away once you start your business. Every single thing, every time you want to grow your business, you're going to have to validate it. So that should become a very common word within an OTpreneur's uh, dictionary or whatever language. So I I don't want to go, I, I want to dive deep into validation, but I know it's coming in our next episode. So I don't want to go like too deep into it, but there's a few ways that you can validate and then we'll dive more into it in the next episode. Some simple ways are like creating a wait list if you're doing something online or pre-selling a service or a product and waiting to do it a little bit later. That's what Kickstarter is all about. Um, It can be as simple as just reaching out to a potential client and asking them, hey, if I could support you, how would you want support? Like there doesn't need to be any exchanging of money or anything. It can be super simple. Some people just even float it out there on social media on a Facebook group or something like that. That is something that can work as well. 
So I'm going to cut myself up. So I'm going to cut myself off here, if I can talk right. And we have a whole episode coming up on validating your idea in the next episode of the OTpreneur podcast. But before I kind of close this out, Sarah, do you have any last words on validation or anything else? I think the biggest thing is just don't let fear hold you back. It's it's a powerful tool because it's going to push you and it's going to make you kind of dig deep into just a lot, a lot of different things. But I think don't let it hold you back. Instead, let it fuel you forward. Let it push you forward into achieving your dreams. Yeah. As a lot of people say, if, you, if you're not in fear of your dreams, then your dreams are not big enough. Every time that you overcome one fear, you're going to have a new fear. You just kind of get used to it. It's just like a never-ending fear that you always seem to accomplish. So with that, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the OTpreneur podcast. We just so much appreciate you being here, and we look forward to you overcoming whatever fear is holding you back in starting your OT business. For Sarah and myself, we will see you next time in episode four of the OTpreneur podcast and over at otpreneur.com. Remember, wherever you are on your OTpreneur journey, we are here to support you. Here at the OTpreneur podcast, we can't thank you enough for listening in today. If you're looking for a community of OT entrepreneurs, be sure to check out the website at otpreneur.com. At otpreneur, OT means business. We'll see you next time. Is it easier for you if I just completely redo it? Yeah, yeah, just start over. That's fine. Today, we're going to do a deep dive into one of those ideas, fear. Stay tuned as we talk. I don't know why I can't say this sentence. Stay tuned. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, I heard you and I was like, well, now I'm going to have to. One more time. Third time's a charm. Yes. Do it. I'm adjusting things anyway. So there we go. (laughs) I'm Jason Davies. And with me is my co-host, full-time OTpreneur, full-time mama of two under two, Sarah Putt. Thanks for listening in. And if you're enjoying, that sounds so weird. You got to let me say hi. You got to let me jump in here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, you can go. (laughs) We'll get better at this. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) we'll get better.